The divine Circe lives on the island of Aiea. She lures Odysseus and his men by singing. Presenting him with a feast, Circe turns all of Odysseus's men into pigs. Odysseus himself is not turned into a pig because he is protected by Hermes. They then remain on the island for a year, and Odysseus and Circe have two sons. By taking control of her sexuality, Circe defies the sexual ideal of Greek womanhood defined, for example, in a poem by Simonides, saying that women should gratify their husbands and not focus on sex outside of the context of pleasuring their husband. She bypasses all marriage customs and sleeps with Odysseus regardless. Moreover, women in ancient Greece were expected to remain under the control of male guardians. By exerting magical control over Odysseus's men, Circe defies ancient Greek understandings of female autonomy, or lack thereof. Additionally, Circe's poisoned wine is in keeping with other ancient Greek examples of villainous women. Just like Medea's poisoning of the princess and Dimera of Heracles, drugs and substances are the female weapons of choice. When Odysseus first encounters Circe isolated on her island, she is a good host and is skilled on the loom. Therefore, while initially she appears to be the typical moral ancient Greek woman, this is all a deception. Circe is notably immodest by ancient Greek standards. This is why she is an obstacle for Odysseus. Her modesty is a front. She controls men as opposed to being under the control of men. Her autonomy is a threat. The aspects of Circe's character that defy ancient Greek expectations of womanhood are the same aspects of her character that are highlighted by modern day interpretations. In our modern sources, we see Circe's sexuality and her power over men at the forefront of her character. Our first source, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, is a film made in 2000 by the Coen brothers. The film is a retelling of the Odyssey set in Mississippi during the Great Depression. In the film, Ulysses, who represents Odysseus, and two other convicts escape from their prison labor camp. While many of the Odyssey's most famous characters make appearances in the film, other characters are less prominent in the retold story. Interestingly, the character of Circe is combined with the Sirens. Instead of a single woman, she is instead divided into three equally alluring women in order to match our three protagonists. Notably, however, the three women are still treated as one character. Never speaking, only singing a hypnotic chorus, they rely on body language in order to communicate with our protagonists as well as with the audience. They seductively wash their clothing, pouring water over their bodies as they sing, go to sleep, little baby. They pour moonshine into the mouths of the unsuspecting men. This is similar to the Odyssey, where likewise Circe forces Odysseus to consume mulled wine while seducing him to stay on the island. Well, in the Odyssey, Circe turns the men into pigs. Here, the women supposedly turn one of the convicts, Pete, into a toad. However, later it is revealed that the women did not actually transform him at all. The two men just believed that she had. In fact, Pete had been found and arrested. The combination of the Sirens and Circe both diminishes and enhances the impact of Circe as a character. She becomes an archetype more so than a character, being a stand-in for a sensual woman. This is further emphasized by the lack of true dialogue. In the Odyssey, the Sirens are indirectly sexual. They lure the sailors to their death with their voice, with the allure of their bodies being secondary and implied. Here, however, both hypnotic, although neither authoritative nor autonomous because they sing a song of little substance or importance, Voice and body become emblematic of appealing femininity. The women in this scene are portrayed as extremely powerful. Their femininity and sex appeal completely distracts the desperate convicts from their journey and makes them vulnerable. Ultimately, Pete is not turned into a toad. But even without this magical transfiguration, the women in the scene still manage to derail the men's quest. 
The men's vulnerability to the female seduction leads to Pete's capture and many of the subsequent roadblocks faced by the convicts. In O Brother, Where Art Thou, Cersei's magic is not literal magic, but her sexuality. By combining her with that of the sirens, her independent self-assertion as a character is diminished, replaced instead with the idea of a woman's power coming solely from her femininity. Yet, she is powerful. She does, in the end, succeed in distracting the protagonist, demonstrating the apparent dangers of lust. This interpretation of Circe's character dramatizes her defiance of ancient Greek expectations of female sexuality and behavior. Adopting character traits from the sirens only emphasizes how this hypersexualized Circe lacks the depth and nuance of the original character. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, a Netflix adaptation of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, portrays Circe as otherworldly. She's a goddess and a member of the pagan tribe. Her abilities allow her to turn anyone into an animal with her touch. She is able to lure her victims in by using her beauty and seductive nature. In the Odyssey, Circe is depicted as more of a sorceress with her transformative abilities deriving from potions she sneaks into the crew's food. Such methods are more in line with the antiquity view of women using indirect methods to harm and is indeed how she turned Odysseus's crew into pigs. However, the Sabrina Circe is given a much more masculine portrayal by directly wielding her powers and having to physically interact with her targets. In the modern adaptation, the stakes for turning boys into pigs are much higher. She does this as an act of revenge for destroying the carnival she lived at. Since her ability only works if she touches something, to restore them to their human bodies, they would need her to be physically present. The sort of emotionally driven actions this adaptation of Circe takes is akin to the antiquity view as well, where women were more likely to be swayed by emotions rather than reasoning. Both versions of Circe use these transformations as a way to lash out against the male-dominated society they reside in. While both portrayals do eventually turn the pigs back into men, the Odyssey portrays Circe is willing to do so after some mere persuasion by Odysseus. Sabrina, with the help of her coven, enlists the help of Hecate to kidnap Circe. Once the coven had her, Circe was given the choice to comply or to have her hands cut off. She was forced to restore the boys back to their human forms. This meant that she had to surrender the power back to the men. This certainly goes against her rebellious nature. One area in which the two portrayals diverge heavily is in how they describe the characters and in the Odyssey, Odysseus's actions caused Circe to have a change of heart, not only turning back his men into them, their human selves, but also allowing them to stay on her island for an extra year. This relatively sudden change seems to take away from the image of power that Circe had portrayed earlier in the story and instead gives it back to the male figures and conforming to gender norms of female subordinates. Unlike the original Circe, Sabrina's version dies at the end. After countless displays of immortality through seductive manipulation and harsh punishment, her time runs out. Though she never willingly submits to anyone, she finally loses control. Circe's demise is caused by breaking her bones and neck with a voodoo doll. From start to finish, her intentions were never good. These two drastically different outcomes call into question the morality of Circe. In her original depiction, Circe shows a change of heart and whether forced or realized makes it difficult to call her a villain, and in fact goes against the ideas of the time where women were perceived to be innately. Our next topic is a photo essay by the author Madeline Miller, who wrote the book Circe, which reimagines various mythical traditions surrounding Circe from her point of view. We chose to cover this photo essay that shares many of the main themes and ideas of the book. 
regarding re-empowering the mythical figure of Circe from a feminist perspective. The essay covers many different depictions of Circe from art history, but instead of analyzing them from an art historical point of view, she discusses how these images both informed and reflected her perceptions of the character. This photo essay is full of historical art, but seems to be less about art history and more about Miller's own perceptions of the character. The photo essay includes pictures of paintings, statuettes, faces, and illustrations. In all of these images, Miller highlights a very strong Circe. She depicts Circe as empowered and aims to show empowerment to a modern female audience. There is a particular focus on the body of Circe, especially as she has been sexualized by various male artists. For example, at the end of the essay, Miller discusses a statuette by Bertram Mackinall, circa 1893, in which Circe stands nude, alone on the pedestal with little reference to her mythological context. Miller reads this as empowering. However, she does not acknowledge the often misogynistic tradition of statues of nude mythological women made in the Victorian era. She argues that the composition allows us, the audience, to focus on Circe's female body, drawn lushly naked and her power. But audiences of a time period would have primarily seen this piece as an object of male gaze with little empowering elements. In addition, Miller includes a photograph of a young Circe and notes that it is one of the only pre-contemporary depictions of Circe that she could find made by a female artist. By featuring art by women, and pointing out that they are by women in her captions, she takes a gendered point of view. Miller is addressing the mythological elements of seduction and transformation, and oftentimes points out discrepancies in the images inspired by the myth and the actual myth itself. Miller takes an overtly feminist stance, reading female empowerment into these depictions, even when the artists likely did not intend this reading. This illustrates one of the ways in which the figure of Circe can be reinterpreted in the modern day to be specifically relevant to modern conceptions of gender and female empowerment. While this was not the intention of the initial myth or the pieces of art Miller discussed, it is nonetheless a popular interpretation which has captured the attention and imagination of, many, of Miller's many readers. In her final source, the episode Hercules and the Song of Circe of Disney's animated show Hercules, Circe arrives on the beach in search of a new boyfriend. The men on the beach all compete against each other to get her attention, and she chooses Icarus as a boyfriend and takes him to her love island. While, however, she quickly loses her patience with him and turns him into a platypus and imprisons him with her other ex-boyfriends turned animals. When Hercules and Adonis later come to the love island in hopes of also becoming her boyfriend, she turns them too into animals. There are several similarities between the character of Circe in this children's cartoon and in the Odyssey. In both formats, we see Circe using her magical powers on men. Circe turns Odysseus's men into pigs, much like her character in the cartoon turns her ex-boyfriends into various animals. Both character representations are also similar in their ability to lure men. In the Odyssey, Circe entices Odysseus to come to her home and stay on her island. In the cartoon, she is able to easily trick men into coming onto her private island. Despite the fact that the show is a medium for kids, Circe is still incredibly sexualized in both how she is physically portrayed and how she acts throughout the episode. You'd think that would be played down because it's a kid's show, but Circe's constant seduction of men is the main plot. In the beginning of the episode, Circe has a one to two minute solo where she sings as men compete over her with different competitions about how, quote, one good man is all I need, someone who needs to please me. Despite being for children, this representation of Circe contains the same seductive nature that she had in the original Odyssey, with music and animation being used to make this message digestible to young viewers. 
This modern cartoon version of Circe also mirrors an ancient Greek stereotype of a female as temperamental. In a comic poem by Simonides, types of women, there's the female archetype characterized as calm and smiling one day and the ferocious and unapproachable the next. In the cartoon, we see elements of this notion translated into Circe's character in the form of the speed and ease in which she goes through multiple boyfriends. Her volatile behavior has a cyclic nature in which she inevitably becomes irritated with her boyfriends and ends up turning them into animals. The episode also contains the same danger of temptation as in the original Odyssey. In the show, Adonis has a girlfriend, and yet he's the first to fall for Circe's trap. Of course, he is punished for this, along with Hercules, Icarus, and the numerous other ex-boyfriends who are already on the Love Island, by being turned into a peacock. After everyone is turned back to normal, Adonis is the only one left as a peacock, as his girlfriend is the one in charge of turning everyone else back. Overall, despite being a kid's TV show, Circe retains all the very mature and adult-themed aspects of her original self, because that is the core of her character. Circe is a female figure that represents danger to men due both to her magical powers as well as her qualities as a temptress. Both of these traits give her a power over men that she enjoys exercising. In many ways, Circe is the classic example of a femme fatale, a stock character of a beautiful but deadly woman whose charm snares her lovers. This episode combines the mythical stories about Circe's powers with modern cultural cues of the femme fatale, such as the burlesque-style musical number, to provide a modern update on the traditional depiction of Circe's seduction and deception. In conclusion, all of these case studies interpret Circe's sexuality and seductive capacity as her defining character trait. None of these interpretations really engage with an accurate version of the character or her role within the myth, but rather use the idea of the character to suit the purposes of the narratives they are trying to tell.